And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're coming at you. I'm in Florida, Ponte Vedra. My man, Stephen Sweeney, joining us again. Look where he's at. He's in the desert, Waste Management Phoenix Open. He's getting ready to meet up with his players on a Tuesday out there. Stephen, how you doing? Travis, awesome, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show again. Yeah, gosh, you're in one of my favorite spots. I used to live right down the road from that golf course on Shea Boulevard. I've taught many of schools and, you know, lessons and whatnot right there at TPC Scottsdale. Um, you're on the 18th. The 16th is uh, right around the corner. This is a cool week, isn't it? It is. It's it's my favorite week of the year, to be honest. Okay. Like a major on a Monday, you got all the structures up, and uh, yeah, I came out here, posted up the side 18, and uh, just ready for the sunrise to come up in a few minutes. So, I gotta ask you before we get into these three players, and hang with us here, folks, because this is one you're not gonna want to miss. Uh, Steven's one of the best uh, coaches out there uh, when it comes to putting, he's done some great work with a number of players. We're gonna look at three of his players, one of them he's about ready to meet here in 40 minutes on the putting green. His name is Mito Pereira. And then uh, we're also going to look at Aaron Wise, who's making great progress with his putting stroke. And then most recently, Luke Liss, who won two weeks ago, he's been doing a lot of good work with uh, Stephen as well. So we're going to be looking at these putting strokes in depth. I'll be putting up on the screen. But before we get to that, I got to ask you, last week, you were on POA. This week, you're on bent grass, right? I mean, this is one of the things that impresses me the most with a professional golfer is they can make the adjustments on the greens, right? Obviously different conditions, um, elevations, whatnot. But you've actually been, there's some research being done between POA and bent. Give us the cliff notes. Don't be like going crazy in-depth science on us here, but give us some cliff notes. The the basic cliff notes is uh, my mentor, uh, Paul Hurrian, back in the UK, who invented the Quintic system. Mm. uh, He's been looking into the decay phase of a putt which is actually what happens to a ball when it gets to a very slow speed um so dying putts going in the hole and how that ball starts to get affected going offline uh versus a ball staying online at just a little bit more speed when it gets to the hole Hmm. um so you may have seen some putts recently in the last few weeks that looked like they were going in and just wobbled at the last second so speed that Yes, that that one that was crazy. That putt that he had, I mean, it went up to the hole and it went ninety degrees to the left. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's that's a hundred percent. And and the effects that Poa has on that versus other grasses like Bant or you know, obviously when we're in the studio on perfect carpet or whatever it might be, you know. Mm. It's interesting stuff. I know you know science is such a huge part of the game. We get inundated with the full swing aspect, but it's very much part of the putting as well. And you're a specialist in this field. <clears throat> like I said, you're one of the best at it. Let's get into some of your players here. The guy that you just mentioned, um, oh, I mentioned, is Mito Pereira, who will be coming out there. And I've got his stroke here. I wanna, I'm going to start here um, with face-on. So here's where we go. We're going to bring up a Mito stroke here. And for our viewers here, um, you should be able to see that stroke right there. For those listening on the podcast, we'll uh, – We'll do our very best to articulate, but you can catch us on YouTube as well. The first thing I notice when I look at Mito Pereira is the grip, right? The right hand kind of off to the side. Take us through here the grip, the significance of this grip, the purpose of it, and then into some of the other setup characteristics. So, Travis, I think you and I touched on this last time I was on the show was that, you know, all my guys do it differently. You know, I've had guys go from conventional to 
left hand low and the opposite and broomstick. So Mito was an interesting case study, actually, because when he first came to see me, he really struggled with a pull and the, the path going a long way out to the right. So we've actually weakened his right hand. Uh, it's a little bit, I guess, for the viewers would probably understand a little bit more Marco Mira, Colin Morikawa right now versus maybe Tommy Fleetwood being like typically under the shaft. We, we sort of weakened that grip and weakened the hand. And what we did there was be able to control the shaft a little better. Uh, when he used to get the hand under, he would also get a lot of forward shaft lean. So you can see the shaft's a little bit more vertical right now in the picture. And then he can, he maintains that shaft angle through the stroke a lot better. So, so as far as vertical, the, you're talking from face on the amount of <clears throat> forward or back shaft lean, right? So this shaft is, it's probably got just a slight amount of forward lean. And then he's trying to return that roughly to back the to same to the same dynamic, right? Or the same lean. Yes, 100%. I think when we talk about maybe Luke a little later, even Aaron with the broomstick, one of my big things is how shaft angle actually controls face angle. I don't like to talk about manipulating the face with rotation. I like to see the players really control the face angle through controlling shaft lean. So, you know, with Mito, and I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of the viewers may be a little more familiar with Joaquin's swing, but they work with the same swing coach. And they have a lot of, you know, side bend and, and forward shaft lean in their long game. And, you know, both of them, when I started working with them, had that in their putting as well. Um, but Meadows was transferring into, you know, that grip was really strong and the right hand liked to turn the club closed mm. and react and kind of move the path out to the right. So he would kind of try and feel like he was almost blocking it to the right to stop the pull. So once he understood the the mechanics of, okay, just the same as a regular golf swing, I got to have an, a neutral grip that's going to cause a neutral face. Then, you know, the path sort of cleaned up and he's, he's had a couple of really nice weeks with the putter. I think he was, you know, top 20 in, in Tory and last week he gained two and a half at Pebble. So um, he's really trending in a nice direction with the flat stick. So let me, so in recap, so I, so make sure I understand this correctly. So that right hand on the side, not on, so not under, but more on the side, weaker on more on top or the side versus under. Yes. That's helping him return the shaft angle to the same spot as it started <clears throat> thereabouts. And less, if the, if the grip was more under stronger, he would be more apt to maybe kind of go the other way Correct. and hang on and push it out to the right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 100%. And I notice here from this target line view, so his eyes are pretty over it. He's got, he's got a decent amount of forward bend. Um, and when you look at this ball, it's actually like a it, – it looks like it's half black, half white, right? So he can see how – he can see how – let's put that back up there again here. He can see how it's rolling. There we go. That's a good image there. Yeah, so it's very much rolling end over end, so that's just good feedback for him yeah exactly so we work with these spin balls you know the half black half white ones and uh they're able to really sort of show the player is the ball coming off with just forward roll or is it coming off with the side spin or, or what's going on there we, we love this like you're on site this is what it's about like you know you do these shoots on a golf course and it's like 
you know, sometimes like, oh my gosh, someone's got a, it's like you're on a golf course, right? It's, it's okay. Like people kind of expect this kind of thing. It's kind of cool. So anyway, let me ask you this before we move on, Eric. His hands under his shoulders. Is there something you like to see? And I know every player is different, but just kind of generally how the hands hang under the shoulder line. Is there something you like to see there? You know, I think when I've started sort of hanging out a little bit with Jeff Smith, one of the key words that he always talks about is, you know, matchups. And I, you know, I've kind of been doing this for a long time, but, you know, the word matchup kind of is easy for everyone to understand. So if you do one thing, you kind of got to do something else to either match it up or offset that. And with, with Mito, um, certainly you mentioned his forward bend, you know, those things sort of, that forward bend will tend to sort of straighten things out a little bit and have a little less arc to the stroke. Um, and then, you know, we wanted to get the hand position in a, in a position where the shaft was kind of just working on a natural, natural arc. So when he gets his hands a little too low, um, too close to him, that putter tends to even go a little outside. And then obviously the reverse is true. Whenever the hands get too high, you know, things get a little too arky and the putter gets in behind him a little bit and that, that path starts to move out to the right. Um, but you know he's he's worked hard on it, and and it's one of the things that we work on most is just his his setup dynamics. Because once his setup gets correct, then we don't really have to talk about moving the putter too much. So the more bowed forward you are, then the little the, as he is, then that putter head's going to wa- want to work a little bit more up and down the line, perhaps a little less arky. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Let's go to um, let's go to this guy. Speaking of kind of trending, I'm excited about Aaron Wise. You mentioned Jeff Smith, who helps Aaron um, with his full swing. You don't see this much on the PGA Tour right now, as far as a guy going to more of the the broomstick. And keep in mind, folks, it's not anchored. It's just kind of off to the side there, just just off his chest. But <clears throat> talk about Aaron Wise here in the direction that he's moving. There's an awesome backstory to this putter because this putter, actually the putter, he won his first ever NCAA college event in Hawaii uh, back when he was playing in Oregon. So, you know, when he when he moved back to that putter, um, you know, there's a lot of comments, a lot of questions about it, but it wasn't something that he did, you know, first time ever in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, take it out just before the playoffs. Um, and one of the things, you know, from this view that I just always love watching about Aaron's stroke is the this control element of his putting got so much better when he moved to this putter because of the length of stroke dynamics and how he controls the acceleration and the speed of that putter head, you know, like a, like a pendulum, basically. Mm-hmm. So one of Aaron's biggest weaknesses was that his speed control with the short conventional putter at 34 inches his speed control wasn't very good mm. um, he couldn't really control s- stroke length and uh, he definitely didn't control his acceleration pattern very well um, so I remember that this video is taken over at Medalist Golf Club and I, I remember being with him just before the bar, uh, the Barracuda Championship last year we were kind of getting ready to go into the playoff stretch and he had it with him. And I roll a couple with this. Yeah, sure, let's try it. 
And immediately, both of us just stood there and were like amazed. First thing that got better was his difficulty. Mm. And stopped leaving himself so many five, six, seven, even eight footers, um, which he kind of was putting a lot of pressure on short putting then. So if you really look, you know, as, as that video is playing, the stroke length is just so consistent with the, mm-hmm. the longer putt. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is. It's very. It's interesting you say that because you would think that when you go to the longer putter, like distance control, <laughs> it might go the other way. But with Aaron, it actually got better. But of course, he has a track record with it. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, Travis. Whenever he was, you know, talking about the long putter, we both thought, okay, well, how are we going to figure out how to control distance? <laughs> Right. With, you know, you're going to you're going to Reno in like three days. How are we going to control this? Yeah. The first thing that got better, the, the shorter putts, we weren't kind of that concerned about. We knew that he could get it done with that putter on shorter putts. But the thing that surprised both him and, and I is, as a player-coach relationship was the long putts were phenomenal. And he's continued, you know, proximity to the hole and his putting uh, has gotten way, way better with it. When you talk about like the the pacing of the putter head, right? Is it is it pretty consistent going back and coming through? What are we watching here? When I when I look at the stroke, is that speed of the putter head? Is it on cruise control coming through because of the pace that he put into it going back? A hundred percent. Aaron's putter probably has, of all the guys I've ever taught, he probably has the most consistent control of speed right now um, mm. his acceleration and fall is basically right around zero and when i talk about acceleration it's you know that sort of idea of the putter being on cruise control you're you're not adding any force into the shaft or any yeah basically any speed into the head while you're hitting the golf ball you're just taking it back at a speed and a distance where you can kind of let that equal and opposite force mm-hmm. act on the putter and just let it cruise through the ball. And, you know, these guys do it with their chipping all the time. They're, they're phenomenal around the greens and you never see any of them, you know, take it back 10 inches and swing it through four feet when they're hitting a chip shot. Well said. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, it's a great analogy because you look at good chippers, they, they do put it in going back and then it's kind of this little low abbreviated type of, finish which do you feel like Stephen, that that's more understood in today's game than it was say perhaps when you got into teaching or just say 10 15 years ago it feels like it is to me i mean as far as like hey let's load the energy and going back and then from there let's maintain cruise control when i got into teaching 22 years ago i felt like it was you know more okay equal equal with a little acceleration phase get through the zone yeah, you know, as recently as probably seven, eight weeks ago, I had a I had a company send me some golf balls that were, they weighed, you know, probably half a pound or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wanted me to sort of endorse their, their ball of, you know, make sure you sell putter. And even there's still people out there thinking, okay, that you want to accelerate the putter, you, you know, make sure the ball stays online. But when you look at Aaron's data, and, you know, We'll, we'll go through when we when we sit down for, for a coffee at some point is that with the short putter, he didn't even know the difference or he couldn't feel the difference between a D-cell and an acceleration pattern in his putting stroke 
and he would hit the same putt and it would go eight feet difference in, in distance and it used to it frustrated the heck out of him why mm. why is my speed so off but this this longer putter and again it's definitely not anchored it's actually quite a long way from a sternum um just that feel of getting it swinging like a pendulum it's really helped him understand and get back to that feel of kind of how he chips and how he pitches the golf ball such good stuff you know it really is i i you know when i teach putting with students and everybody's different i get it but you you do i mean i i'll admit i there's things that certain things that i like you know and prefer and when i'm teaching a 15 handicap who's like just make this as simple as possible for me <laughs> you know I, I, i'm only playing one day a week um yeah i mean i'm i'm probably going to get in there and i'm going to wire the stroke and such that i'm going to try to create this cruise control type of dynamic because it's just a heck of a lot easier and better feedback to the brain on what's going on versus taking it back and then goosing it um you know in one moment it's 10 feet by and then you don't want to do that then you put the brakes on and it's three feet short and you're like gosh where am i so you start to clean up some of those things and we're going to get to stroke length here in a second because i want to save that for luke list because i know you've worked on the stroke identity as far as how far back and through and how that plays into distance control but i just watch aaron wise and the thing that stands out to me and you hit it on the head is the pace of the putter head is very consistent um back and through and to say that he's one of the best or if not the best that you've seen it's it's pretty cool to see talk about briefly this what he's got set up here it looks like um well he's got the the gate ahead of the ball which is to give him feedback on the the alignment of the face through impact but then he's also got it looks like he's got something else just inside that like almost another mirror yeah so um a friend of mine, Coach Sander, uh, Derek Uveda, he picked these little putting plates, and this one's actually a, a mirrored uh, finish on it. So it's it's got a, a square edge at the back where you can see the putter face alignment really well. And then it's got, you know, variable size gate at the front, which gives you around maybe half a degree, three quarters of a degree in, in error to start your putt line. So it's, it's very small margins. And then just inside that, um, we have an extra mirror set up that some guys use for their, their shoulders when they're, you know, especially when they're using a conventional putter. But with Aaron, he also, um, you know, we, we look a lot at his neck tilts. And I think, you know, something we can get into maybe at another time. You can see how beautifully his head is here. Mm-hmm. That up, it's, you know, the logo on his hat's looking straight down. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tended to get, you know, a little bit, you know, like neck tilt into his into his setup and, and that kind of throws his eyes off. So that second mirror is really there to kind of help him, you know, just keep a check on that. And I, no more than with any of my guys, you know, I, I always want them to take responsibility and ownership yeah. for what they do. So I give them these little sort of stations that they can practice when I'm not around and, and get their work done. And, and he's about as diligent a student as, you know, I think I inherited a, you know, pretty good work mentality after he'd worked with Jeff for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but his work ethic and his diligence is second to none. So the neck tilt, you want those eyes very level right there to the ground. Or, yeah. There's, there's all the guys, you know, they might find they actually see it better whenever they do have a little bit of neck tilt, like, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan Spieth, you mentioned earlier. Um, but for him, especially, 
definitely he needs to be very neutral with the way his eyes come down onto the come down onto the putter head and the golf ball. Where where's his weight? Is it a little left? His weight's ever so slightly left. Um, okay. If you're at any events, you'll see him standing on uh, a rolled up uh, top golf towel, and he's always very good in a sort of left right axis. He does sometimes get a little bit back into his heels, um, and that you know was a lot more prevalent with the with the short putter. But um, his balance is is pretty central, left right, just touch more favor in the left, and then we always try to work on him staying a little bit more over the balls of his feet, so that he has uh, he has good stability and when he's swinging that putter. Just pulling up um, his. Uh most recent here you look at talked about he's on a nice little trend right now um, with his putting and you're, you're talking the last let's see the last six of eight events he's been positive strokes gain putting Aaron Wise and the two that he wasn't he was just barely negative at Sanderson Farms but he's been trending you know in that positive one positive two and that's significant because this is a guy that was that was struggling with his flat stick and it's significant also because he's he's a very you know i would say he's a he's a very solid ball striker you know he he's a good driver of the ball he's a good iron player he can be a great iron player at times his around the green game is clean yes so this trend with his putter is something that i've been watching and one of the reasons that i was kind of drawn to you and reached out to i think one of the first times was just the, the significant improvement that we're starting to see here with Aaron Wise. And if he continues down this path and his confidence climbs, Aaron Wise will be the top 50 player in the world. I have, you know, top 40. I have no question consistently um, as this flat stick continues to go. All right. Got one more here. Really excited to talk about this one. I reached out to you right away. I'm good friends with um, Jamie Mulligan. He came on right after Luke Liss's win and, it was it was a fun conversation. It was, you know, you guys work so hard out there and, you know, you spend so much time losing at this sport. You know, it's just nuts. You know, Tom Hoagie wins 209 starts. You almost just forget how to win. Like, it's like, my God, like, oh my God, I won, you know? And so it's nice to take a step back and laugh a little bit and and celebrate a win. So it was a good conversation with Jamie. And he really praised the work that, that you've done um, with Luke. And this is a guy that, like Aaron, um, he was positive 3-7 at Torrey. And when he putts, as long as he hits it, very clean iron player, approach game player, you know, this is a guy, the ceiling, my goodness, um, just goes way up on what this guy can accomplish with the improvement that he's making with his putter. So talk about some of the things that are happening here with Luke Liss. So, Luke, you know, he, he reached out to me just uh, start of end of November, I think it was around Thanksgiving. And uh, I, I got to be honest, I didn't, I didn't really know Luke. He's a very, you know, sort of quiet individual. He keeps himself to himself. And um, we talked. He came, he came down to Florida and uh, he wanted to have a look at it. And I remember thinking, you know, I looked through the stats and, went back 10, 15 years on stats. And I'm just thinking, you know, am I going to be able to help this guy? He's done something for a long, long time. Um, that's obviously not working, you know, 
is it mechanical? Is it mental? And I told him, I think he maybe mentioned this somewhere in an interview that I told him, I, I kind of expected him to walk in with full blown yips and, mm. you know, terrible technique and, and everything and terrible mental game. And, uh, he explained to me what he was trying to do with the putter. And as soon as he started explaining to me in detail, his philosophy and his concept on what he was trying to do, I kind of just stood there for a moment and looked at all the data that we collected for probably two, three hours at that point. And I'm just thinking, you know, okay, I, I get what you're saying, but actually now I understand the full picture. What you've been trying to do with this putter, you've been doing perfectly. You've, you've been doing that like down to a T. Um, and his whole philosophy and concept of putting was, you know, really letting the toe swing a lot on the way back. And that classic feeling of, or the, the philosophy of, you know, I need to really accelerate the putter on the way through. Um, and basically that matchup of those two things happening was the putter face would get quite a long way open on the way back, too much rotation around the shaft. And then the stroke wasn't long enough to get the ball to the hole. So he had to kind of accelerate the putter. And that kind of then led to the face flashing like even more open. Mm. And once that happened, he, you know, especially whenever it got down to shorter putts and, you know, maybe a little bit more pressure situations, he was always having to time the face through impact. So we had a sort of a 20 minute talk about it and kind of a light switch, I think went off for him was like, Oh, okay. I'm actually, I'm doing exactly what I'm trying to do. And I think that was kind of like the calming effect for both of us. And we started to get to work from there. So what did you do first? Did you, did you fix the amount of face rotation first or did you, you know, change the stroke profile where you lengthened it out more going back and shortened it up coming through. So, you know, I know Jamie said some nice things about me and I'm, I'm not just saying this in return, but Jamie flew down to Florida for one day. Um, and I got an inside look into how do they work together? What kind of terminology do they use? What is look list, the athlete, how does that sort of engine run? And, one of Jamie's key philosophies is that he doesn't really use the word takeaway with Luke, hmm. he uses the word move away. And for me, I couldn't have probably drawn up a better first lesson. And, you know, on a piece of paper, if you said, what's your ideal session? It's always, I would love to be able to sit down and talk with their long-term swing coach and see what are their tendencies? What do they do? What triggers them? What works? What doesn't work? Jamie came in, we got together. The three of us kind of, you know, had a little brainstorming session and, you know, with the tendencies in his golf swing and how he moves the club away, the first thing was, well, this guy's got a nice, big, full golf swing. We want to make his putting stroke, you know, relevant to his golf swing. So we tried to lengthen the stroke first. And then after we sort of find out the feel of, okay, how do we lengthen the stroke and then control distance with that length of stroke? Well, we have to take away some acceleration in the in the putting in the through swing. Once we had achieved that, the next thing was then to go on to okay, where does our club face need to be relative to the distance that you've moved the club away? And 
you know, it sounds kind of maybe a little simple, but that were the two main things that we focused in on. And I got to sit in on a sort of one to two hour lesson that Jamie and and uh, Luke did on on his full swing. And Jamie talked about, you know, his takeaway in the full swing and where he likes to see it. Sorry, his, his move away, where he likes to see it, mm-hmm. where club face needs to be. And and you've alluded to it in, in the session with, with Jamie on here is that he does tend to, if anything, get that club face rotating on the way back. Mm-hmm. So when I heard the terminology Jamie used to kind of work with him on that, I kind of knew, okay, this is where we're going with the putting stroke as well. So that was kind of how it all started. So this this putting plane here, and I'm going to get a zoom in here. Um, this is helping him rotate the face less? Much less. Okay. Much, much less, yeah. And as the face rotates left, less, it was kind of a similar type of terminology and feel as he uses in the swing. And Jamie and I talked about this with Luke. Luke is a player who does kind of rotate the face a little bit, early and he tends to overdo it in his swing too a little bit as he mentioned so you kind of went down that same path like yeah okay remember in the swing we don't want this over rotation we want this feel and then and obviously the punting plane um, is something that you can put down to kind of help him with that was his feedback like yeah this is just like my swing or was it like gosh it feels closed uh the, the first few putts he he well we were trying to get him to just feel it at the start. And, you know, I'm in the studio. Jamie kind of wasn't, hadn't arrived at that point. And, uh, you know, he just couldn't get it. He was like, there's no way this can be square. And, you know, I'm showing him videos. So what this thing is, is actually, a, it's an aim board with a bunch of little numbers on it. It's essentially like a ruler. And I usually put it behind the hole um, and sort of show people with a laser where they're aiming. But it has the function that it tilts. And it just so happened the inside part of his putter is is a right angle. It's a, it's, a, it's a flat edge, sorry. So I said, okay, well, you know, just move that back. And the first thing he did was he, he rolled it away and the, the face, the front part of the, the heel of the putter came away from the, the board. Mm-hmm. What that just did, he's like, yeah. I said, that needs to stay square. So, you know, Jamie kind of like then when we went to the green, he's like, okay, let's exaggerate it. Let's, let's go the other way. So we worked on it a lot. He's he just was like, I can't believe this is this is square to the arc or the square to the square to the plane line. So it wasn't natural for him at the start. Obviously, he'd done something so different. Mm-hmm. The but that's that's how it all started. And that's I think even in the time he was warming up for the playoff on Sunday, he was on that board just hitting a few putts at Tory, um, just in between in between hitting balls on the range and stuff. Yeah, because that's that's the matchup, right? Like if you rotate it back, you got to rotate it through. So it's you know if you don't do it back and you rotate it through, it's like oh my god, like not, not four left, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing in the swing. It's when you're dealing with face angle. If you change this side, well, something's got to change on the other side. So that just takes a little time, and he he's got to work through that. And um, but what's really just amazing here, like when you look at changes you know and you start making changes with players and you start making changes in the full swing you know like man it's a sensitive thing right because you're dealing with people's livelihood and it's you know like okay i'm gonna go in here and i'm gonna rewire this face and and knowing that that's 
significant, right? And how he uses the face. Um, and then on top of that, you're going to lengthen out the backstroke and speed it up. And then, so he's got to shorten up the through stroke, which is now another component, right? So I love this thing, by the way, the ruler. So you're using this ruler or this board to help him not only with rotating, not rotating the face as much, but then also the length of the backstroke. And correct me if I'm wrong, you lengthen it out and you, and you gave it more pace going back. Yes, that was, that was the two things we did. Um, we, we lengthened it out. We kind of used the ruler. So again, he can practice on it when I'm not around and you'll put a camera in front of him and he's then able to get some feedback. And we always do a standardized length of putt. Um, so that he's always doing, you know, he's always getting that same feeling. And, you know, just kind of going back, a, a little antidote for you is like, whenever we talked about the face manipulation and trying to square the face up through impact, um, I just, I, you know, I'd hired an assistant uh, in uh, September last year. And uh, Eric Dietrich, he was actually with me and Tori, and he's, he's been phenomenal since he came on board. And mm-hmm. the first day of, of work, I said to him, I was like, if you, if I ever walk into a lesson and you're telling someone to release the toe of the putter, pack your stuff and don't come back. Because if you're telling someone to release the toe of the putter on the way through to manipulate the face, you've missed something that's going on before that. Mm. And it's, it's kind of that old wives tale of something that has been said in the past and no one's really truly understood what they're doing with releasing the toe. 2d video versus actually tracking the putter head um and you know luke was a classic example of someone that's at the last second using their their god-given talent their their athletic ability <laughs> to wear that face and some days you get hot and streaky and some days it doesn't match up and it's it's really inconsistent and the release <clears throat> here is it is it just that the putter shaft is returning to the same angle at impact, right? I mean, that's in essence, the face now is looking down the intended line again. Correct. Exactly. So, you know, once we kind of control that, that shaft angle from the face on position, assuming we haven't actually rotated the face open and we don't need to do that. Once we've maintained the shaft angle back to, back to impact and we, bottom out the arc then ideally you know that that face should come back to where it started mm-hmm. uh, i've been very lucky with my partnership with odyssey is that to go into that r d lab and see what does a putter do on a robot on a you know super expensive high-tech robot what does the face do how does it rotate mm-hmm. uh, once I've sort of seen the quintigree search and then been able to go in there and study the robot and figure out what it's doing. And, uh, it, you know, that's why I told Eric, uh, you know, he's, he's become, he's actually gone on to, to teach some very good players in the last six months already. And he, you know, understanding that we're not releasing the toe of the putter mm-hmm. on a 2d camera, the, you know, when you change shaft angle, yeah, the toe looks like it gets behind the heel and the toe looks like it passes the heel. But that is not a rotation of the shaft. That is just right. a lofting of the putter on the way back relative to to the the ground, a relofting, and then an ad lofting through through controlling shaft angle on on that arc. Good stuff. Yeah, this is this is good stuff here. And what's cool about this is that 
the audience listening, there's a lot of takeaways here. I mean, you start looking at shaft angle at address, keeping it neutral, returning it that way. Okay. I know there's a lot of people listening that, man, I tend to goose it, accelerate it. I'm taking it back pretty slow and short. And then my follow through is very long and exaggerated. So I can give it pace going back, maybe stretch it out a bit, shorten up the finish. You look at Luke's stroke here and you look at this profile, but look at the backstroke as he takes it back, you know, and then through it's, it's much, it's, it is not much, but it's a little bit longer going back than it is through. And hold on a second here. For some reason it's, here we go. Let's see if it jumping on me here. So there we go. Yeah, you can see that right there. It's a little longer back, a little shorter through. Now, if we go, and I'll finish with this. It's funny because there's players that do it the other way, you know, that 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 definitely have it a little shorter back and a little longer through. And that's there's always there's always that. Everything you say, there's always someone that does that. Again, hanging your hat on something. Um, I think I told you this last time, but when we were doing a segment at Golf Channel, we broke down Spee's swing or Spee's putting stroke. And he's like just absolutely just perfect cruise control stroke in my mind. And good pace back, a little longer, shorter throw. Two to one, breaking it down. It's five years ago on Golf Channel. Abe is showing him like, man, that's great. Next segment, Lydia Coe's in the studio. I've got an interviewer. We're looking at her putting. She's the number one putter on the LPGA tour. She's like, yeah, I'd like to take it back a little shorter and longer through. Accelerate. I'm like, all right, turn the cameras off. <laughs> you know, because she's more of she's a little more of one to two. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's there's different ways to go about it. But when you look at Luke, I'm excited for Mito. I love Mito Pereira. Um, and a lot of my audience does too, by the way. We need to get him on. Um, and I love where Aaron Wise is going. Uh, big fan of Jeff Smith and his work. And I just know the upside that Aaron's going to have with his putter, but this dude with his length, if he gains three with this stick, look out, look out. Cause Luke lists, you know, he can be, I don't know. Am I overstating it? If, if the putter becomes an asset, he could be a top 15 player in the world. That you think? He came in with an attitude and he, he basically said, I want to, I want to make this a weapon of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you how impressed I've been with Luke as just not as a, just as a person, but the mindset that he came in with um, and wanting to get better and wanting to listen and wanting to change. Um, he, he has been phenomenal and, you know, Jamie's talked about shooting the grass off Tory Pines. This guy can shoot the grass off basically any golf course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he, we, we just need to keep working on this club and, you know, keep improving with that because he's, you know, he's just getting started. Good stuff, man. Appreciate your time. I know you're, uh, you're getting ready to head out there on uh, waste management. Best of luck this week. We'll be in touch when you get, we're going to, we'll be in touch here before you get to a Ponte Vedra for the players week. I'm going to have you out to my studio. Can't wait. Um, I'll take you out to dinner and we'll have a, a couple beers too. Awesome. Sounds good, Travis. Can't wait to get up there and uh, yeah, we'll have a good week here in Phoenix and, and we'll, we'll see you soon.